0: Welcome to the Electric Rodeo, an adult toy megastore podcast about sex, pleasure, relationships, and everything in between. I'm your host, Emma Hewitt, a sex educator and sex toy enthusiast. Every episode, I take a deep dive into a fascinating new topic, talk to experts, and answer common sex questions. Because sex is normal, messy, pleasurable, intimidating, and a hell of a lot of fun. Let's take a ride
1: not being a sex educator or a sexologist like just some geeky gay from sydney who wanted to know more about sex has suddenly found himself in this position you know sometimes it's a bit weird to talk to your friends about it you know and so maybe messaging a stranger with a mullet on instagram is just is just the right touch point for you and look i the answer is always go to the doctor
0: I'm searching the web to find out if the internet can help me be good in bed. And I'm chatting to someone who knows a thing or two about searching for sex tips on the internet. Rowdy Walden is the host of Search Engine Sex, a Spotify original podcast that I am obsessed with. With a background in media production, he entered Spotify's Sound Up initiative looking for First Nations creators and was awarded a grant for his Search Engine Sex submission. Growing up, if I wanted answers to my questions, I had to hit a library and flick through book after book to find what I needed to know. And if it was a sex question, well, Cosmo Mag obviously had your back. Although in hindsight, a lot of that advice was absolutely batshit. Like eating a donut off of a penis or sticking a finger up your partner's butt without any warning. Yeah, please don't ever do that. Always ask before sticking your fingers up anyone else's butt. Then along came the internet, and with an instant answer to every question you could ever have. Some advice is good, some is bad, and a lot of the advice online should definitely not be followed. So can the internet help us become good and bad? And how can we tell which tips are great and which ones belong in a burning trash can? In this episode, we talk about what people are searching for on the net, what makes a partner good and bad why sex should have a halftime show, with a slice of orange for energy, and we even share our worst sex stories. But we start with the internet's most searched for sex question.
1: I think it will surprise you, but the most searched sex question of all time is how to have sex.
0: That does surprise me.
1: And I think it surprised me because I think for a long time, and especially through my sex education, I thought that sex was maybe biological like I thought that when push came Mm -hmm. to shove we all kind of knew the ins and outs you know the basics of what to do and I think that that might still be the case and I think people might be using that phrase to potentially find out you know how to have better sex or how to have different sex because it's not until you have a lot of experience that you realize that you were not doing it wrong but you could be doing it differently or, or other people do it different ways to you. And I, you know, I think a lot of the times, like especially queer people or transgender people, don't have this education about how they have sex. So maybe that plays into it as well. I think there are there are a few reasons why people we might be searching that. I think.
0: And what were some of the other things that came up quite a bit? Like in my mind, I assume it's like, how do I not get pregnant? How do I have anal sex? Am I on the right track or am I way off?
1: Yeah, it, it was surprising how sort of like base level sex education they were. And I think that goes a lot to say maybe how uncertain we are about sex. But yeah, there were some really specific things in there, like how old do you have to be to buy condoms, how to measure a penis, which I still think is a worthy thing to know, the correct <laughs> measurement of a dong. Yeah, but also the standard things like like where's the G-spot, um, mm. all of the things that you would expect with a few surprises.
0: So on that note, was there anything that came up that did really surprise you?
1: Um, we did an interview once with Benji Ra about porn categories and like people fetishizing different sort of minorities, and they shared their experience as a trans person dating. And I, I think it's one of those things where you you know the situation or you're aware of the situation, but without having lived experience, whether you be trans or whether you be an, an Asian woman or a person with different abled bodies. Yeah, it just really, maybe not surprised, but it really shocked me to hear how shit we were as humans.
0: Mm. So, do you think that the internet is actually a good place to learn about sex? There's so much information out there. Some of it is shit. Some of it is good. How do we tell the difference? Like, can we trust the results that we're finding, particularly on page
1: one? I'm a millennial and I think maybe some academics might disagree with me, but I think the internet is the best place. It's a good landing place, isn't it? To like find out if, you know, this rash is something that I should immediately go to the doctor or (laughs) um, maybe you heard someone talk about a kink and you want to sort of look into it a bit more. I think it's a good base level entryway into these topics but I don't think it's ever the answer and I, you know we've had this conversation for years about you know like porn is not a good representation of real sex yeah and you know if you've got a rash and you think it's herpes or you think it's HIV and you google the rash you're gonna see the worst picture like the worst possible cases so I don't think it's ever a replacement for good sex education or for good sex communication but I think it's a good comfort you know, if someone messaged me on a dating app and was like, I'm into X, Y, Z, i am into I can quickly Google it to find out instead of having to ask a friend or having to ask my parents if I was younger, what it was or what it meant. And I, I kind of love that sort of self-driven education, you know, whether mm-hmm. it be on Google or whether it be like a podcast, like Electric Rodeo or Search Engine Sex, like I think... Our generation, I don't know how old you are, sorry, I'm just lumping you in that you're as old as me. Our generation. I'm
0: 31. Okay,
1: we're the same age, I'm 29. (laughs) I think this self-driven education is just a situation where we found ourselves in through conservative sex ed and I think we're making it work. Like the only downside I think is when people use porn as a sort of checkbox of sex and I think it's it's the digital literacy that I think a few people might not have the greatest literacy when it comes to understanding that things on the internet aren't black and white. I I think there's a grey area there, but I don't think it's that bad. I mean, I made a whole podcast on it. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be a shit host if I said that I thought the internet was bad, wouldn't I?
0: So since starting Search Engine Sex, do you now get heaps of people sending you sex questions, like some random from high school you haven't spoken to in like 15 years? Like, hey, bud, I hope you're well. Um, I've got a question for you.
1: I, like the DMs have been so lovely, like Aww. people absolutely froth on the show not being a sex educator or a sexologist, like just some geeky gay from Sydney who wanted to know more about sex <laughs> has suddenly found himself in this position. You know, sometimes it's a bit weird to talk to your friends about it. You yeah, know? And so totally. maybe messaging a stranger with a mullet on Instagram is just <laughs> is just the right touch point for you. And, look, I the answer is always go to the doctor. Mm. Like go to the doctor. Yeah. If you've had sex the night before and you think your fanny's broken, go to the doctor. Like, you know, I also think it's made me more sexually confident because I'm like, oh, well, mm. not that I have to be, but it's like, oh, well, if everyone else is talking about it, I can talk about it freely, you know. I think the, the most embarrassing bit was one day I was in the car with my brother and he was like, oh, yeah, the yeah the podcast is going well, isn't it? And I was like, yeah. And then he was like, yeah, I had to stop listening after episode two, though, a bit weird hearing your brother talk about winking. <laughs> that's fine. You don't have to, you know, it's fine. Thank you for dipping your toe into the water, though.
0: Yeah. He tried. He, he tried. tried to support you. He
1: tried. That's all I can ask. It's all I can ask.
0: Exactly. I mean, I wouldn't
1: <laughs> want to hear him talk about winking either. So, you know, two way straight.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Now, Raddy, I assume that a lot of what people are asking or searching for is because they want good sex. So did you actually ever learn about how to have good sex in your school or any of your kind of like early learning and education, or was it strictly focused on safe sex or none at all?
1: Oh, my God, it was like anatomy And then fear-mongering. It's just like label the body parts of the genitals. Here's a video Mm -hmm. about two people having sex. Next minute they've got a kid, wear a condom. (laughs) Like, (laughs) hold up, hold up. Where's the juice? Where's the flavor? Mm -hmm. Like where's Mm -hmm. the licking genitals? Where's the kissing buttholes? Like nothing about pleasure. And I think that's maybe why Search Engine Sex found an audience I think it gets labelled as a sex education podcast, but it's really just like a sex conversation podcast. Even if when you go to the doctor, right, they ask you about your sexual history, but it seems very clinical and very yucky. Also, no one ever taught me that I could have sex with my friends.
0: Mm, True.
1: Why do I have to be married to them?
0: That is a great point.
1: I can have sex with my friends.
0: Yeah, you can.
1: But, like, I don't think you ever stop learning about sex, and I think if your, like, first touch point with sex is about procreation and you don't want to have a child or if it's about the things that can happen like STIs or other things that can go wrong when you have sex then I think it's like it's so dumb because people are still going to have sex so why not make it a positive experience mm-hmm. also most of the kids in class by that stage have already done it exactly not me I was a late bloomer
0: I was too actually. really yeah I was
1: maybe it's all the late bloomers that now are so horny they have sex podcasts <laughs> yeah, we get obsessed a bit later in life, eh.
0: <laughs> so, what was the last thing that you searched for on the internet to do with sex? I'll show you mine if you show me yours.
1: Let me just get out my search history.
0: Okay. I'll
1: tell you what it is, but I'm not telling you why. You'll just have to guess.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> I've got
1: I've got receipts as well.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Friday the 22nd of October. I looked up Mm -hmm. public sex places, Sydney.
0: (laughs) Well, well, well. I know you said don't ask, but we all obviously have to know now. So did you go to any of these spots?
1: Uh, Well, I won't be answering that. But what I will say, Emma, is that um, as part of our COVID restrictions, New South Wales now does allow us to go out for picnics. So (laughs) make of that what you will. You've always got to take a pack lunch when you go dogging. That's so disgusting. (gasps) I didn't even go. It was for work. Oh,
0: (laughs) work. Okay.
1: Yeah, work.
0: What's yours?
1: What's yours?
0: (laughs) Okay. This happened on Friday of last week.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, we were both Googling things last Friday.
0: I know. What was going on on Friday? Mercury
1: was in retrograde, I think.
0: Oh, well, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) So the question I had was, what are some good spreader bar sex positions? Do you know what a spreader bar?
1: No, please educate Uh, me.
0: Okay. A spreader bar is a bar that is usually made from metal. Mine is made from wood because my boyfriend made it for me. And it is a bar that goes between your ankles and forces them open. So there's two ankle straps which go around the outside of your ankles. And then because there's a bar between them, they're forced in an open position so you cannot close them like one
1: of those colonial they put the head in there exactly. arms through
0: yes them.
1: wow mm. he made it that's a loving gesture
0: it is a loving gesture isn't it Also it's very, very hot
1: very hot
0: yeah yeah
1: great okay <laughs> Good. what were the best positions
0: Um, there were a lot of like Face down. Yeah, but then it's quite you get quite stuck in there. Everyone suggested that. The other one is like on your back with your legs like way up in the air is quite fun because you know they really get quite far back. If you can sort of hold yourself up on something, then even just standing can be quite a bit of fun.
1: Wow. (laughs) Okay, that's interesting. I need to find someone that's a woodworker. Pardon the pun. I'm going to have to go look up spreader bars now. You've got me intrigued.
0: Dude, they're very fun. Highly recommend.
1: I'll report back. (laughs) Okay.
0: So now that we're talking about our own personal experiences, what do you think makes someone great in bed?
1: Okay. I've thought long and hard about this. Mm -hmm. Do you know Flex Mummy? Yes. Yeah, of course you know her. She's the podcaster and she's on Instagram, the DJ. like, She's amazing, so good. I came across one of her conversation cards and it says, is the way we give love determined by the way we've been loved in the past? And I couldn't help but think about sex in this instance. And obviously love is very different to sex. But I think that this is where the conversation around good and bad sex starts. I think our perception of what's good or bad sex is maybe skewed by like our lack of communication and so we automatically default to, oh, that was bad sex or or, or, I don't know, maybe it's a pop culture thing where we've seen this conversation around jackhammering being labelled as bad sex, but maybe sometimes jackhammering is good sex for some people. Like it's the labelling of good and bad that I think is skewed. Good sex comes from good communication and I think a lot of people are off-put by communication, aren't they? Like if you don't have that slightly awkward first conversation – then you either have to grin and bear the shit sex or leave halfway through, which feels even worse than unsatisfying sex, I think. It's never bad sex. It's just a miscommunication.
0: So we surveyed adult two store customers to find out what they think constitutes great sex. So these were their top three things and There were actually two, they got exactly the same amount of votes. So it was someone who makes you feel sexy and expresses their desire for you. And the second one was chemistry and feeling comfortable with the person. So those were the first two equal ones.
1: Interesting. I mean, that's very relationship based, I feel, isn't it? Yeah,
0: I agreed with that.
1: Yeah, there there are pre-existing emotions here with Mm -hmm. those Responses.
0: So the next one was loving sex, having fun, and being enthusiastic. And then being open minded and trying new things was the third as well.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: And communication was on the list, and it was like just in the middle. There were about 20 options, and communication was just, you know, standard.
1: Adult Toy Megastore customers, <laughs> I've got a PSA for you. If you don't start talking to each other, I will come around there. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think the first, if I'm honest, mm. I think they're all a bit like, eh. like I'm not having sex with someone if I don't have chemistry with them. And also you can go on a date with someone and have great chemistry, mm. but then get in the sack, not communicate about what's going on and be like, oh, I thought they were hot and I got along with them, but it was bad sex.
0: Yeah. I think that um, feeling sexy is good. mm. Because that can come up at any time and I think that that's important. Trying new things. That's fun. I didn't think that would be at the top.
1: Again, though, isn't that communication? Yeah, that's true. Going in and being like, hey, I'm really into piss. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Do you want to try it with me? I think being open is a good mindset to go Mm. into when you go to have sex. But I hate I, – I just don't – maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. I just don't like surprises.
0: No, because that's where communication comes in again. You don't want a surprise partway through. Like it needs no. to be set out at the beginning. We need consent. We need everyone to be enthusiastic about what's happening. And we need to know what's going to happen.
1: And you know what? I think that might help solve our consent issue in this country. Is like if we talked about what we were going to do before – Everyone knows going into it. And yes, we can still withdraw consent, but there are no surprises. There is nothing there that made me feel uncomfortable yeah. or made me feel unsafe. If we've talked about it before.
0: Agreed. I think it would definitely help.
1: I think you can you can make it sexy.
0: Exactly. I think there's this idea that talking about consent or what you want to do beforehand like ruins the spontaneity and I don't think that's true at all I think that's super hard to be like here's what I want here's how I'm gonna do it are you into that because if it's a yes then it's like yes it's on oh, like this is gonna be amazing so do you want to know what the lowest rated thing was I do good stamina
1: oh uh, whatever
0: no one gives a shit it's
1: like the size of a cock isn't it like no one cares
0: yeah Exactly. And funnily enough, both those things get talked about all the time as being really important.
1: I think it's like we did an episode on it and I think that only straight men care about the size of their cock. Yeah. Like unless you like, I think they're obviously like in every data set there are outliers mm-hmm. and there are some people that prefer really big cocks. But in general, I don't think it matters. Stamina. my ideal sex situation, mm-hmm. if you don't mind me talking about it. Go Emma, for it. Like a midway break, I want like a halftime show,
0: mm-hmm.
1: conversation, foreplay, first course, mm-hmm. midway halftime show, <laughs> and that could be anything. That could be a conversation. That could be watching something. Orange slice. <sighs> cool. What's that? What's that? New Zealand delicious treat with the hard lollies in it. Lolly cake.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> bit of, I'm just playing to the audience. Bit of orange. I <laughs> did a bit of lolly cake. <laughs> we do love um, lolly cake <laughs> and then go again. Yeah. That would be my ideal.
0: That sounds perfect. Absorb it. Let it in.
1: And you you've got to have time to put the spreader on.
0: Well, of course.
1: You could do that in the break. It's
0: not always easy.
1: Tricky, fiddly.
0: <laughs> now we have talked a little bit about bad sex already. I also asked our listeners to send us their worst sex stories. I've got three absolute favourites here. So in the first one, a guy could only orgasm if he hummed and he hummed Sandstorm by (laughs) Darude.
1: I mean, sir, any other song. Any other song and I would have been okay, but not Sandstorm.
0: (sighs) Can you imagine?
1: Why is it always Sandstorm?
0: (laughs) 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 So the next one was quite similar So my ex was on top He turned the light off And he sang with no expression As he thrusted
1: See, look, again, if that's his kink If he had said that up front to me I'd be like, ooh, sure, that's fun Yeah Is that bad sex? I don't know I think that's entertaining
0: I would laugh so much And I would love it It would be one of my favourite memories, I think If that happened
1: Yeah Yeah yeah, I honestly can't think of a time, like I've definitely walked away from sex being like, oh, I should have just had a wank or mm. I wasn't a good partner in that situation or mm-hmm. that was unsatisfying. But I don't think I've ever walked away going, they're bad at sex. Like I think mm. that's a giant fucking label to put on someone. People have probably said it about me, but.
0: <laughs> Raddy, I highly doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> So this is my absolute favourite one and I am giving a little content warning. So it's not graphic, but it is gross.
1: Okay. uh, This is, I'm all ears.
0: Okay. I was giving him head and there was a fingernail in his foreskin (gasps) and I Uh, cried. uh, uh, uh,
1: uh. (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. No, uh, uh. we need more details.
0: How did it get in there? Whose fingernail?
1: (laughs) Was it a fingernail clipping? Was it a press on nail? How big was it? Whose nail was it?
0: There's so much more to the story and we need the answers.
1: We need to have them on as a guest.
0: Would you not feel it in there? As the person with the penis? Is that a thing? A fingernail
1: clipping is sharp.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Wait, there's so much to talk about here. Hold on. And... Did she discover it with her mouth or when she pulled it like you know what I mean? Like
0: Yeah, I know what you did mean. Did she
1: did she pull it off her tongue like a pube?
0: Oh. Oh yeah, we need to know.
1: If you're them if you're them DM me. What's your worst story?
0: The first time I ever had sex, the person that I was having sex with, he was on acid and he was seeing gargoyles in the bed with us.
1: Now that's your own fault. <laughs> <laughs> You chose that life. You chose that. (laughs) Wow. What an entertaining virginity story, though. Thank you. I don't think I have any, like, I mean, someone once vomited in my mouth, but that's a story for another day. (laughs)
0: Oh, God.
1: (laughs) And I swallowed it.
0: No, you did not.
1: Yeah, I had to. It's a long story, but it was out of politeness. I had to swallow it.
0: I don't think that that's true. I can't imagine any situation where you definitely have to swallow it.
1: Yep, yeah, I can. <laughs> uh,
0: there were a few vomit stories in the list.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, is that because people are, like, having sex at the wrong time? Like, the best piece of sex advice that I've ever gotten mm. was to have sex in the morning. Mm. Why would you not want to start your day off With a good thing, you know? Yeah. And so if you've like gone out, you're a bit drunk, it's late at night, you've all had this long day to finally end up in bed together, that sex is not going to be good. Mm. You're both tired. All you want to do is go to bed. Yeah. Whereas in the morning you're like.
0: Ready to rock.
1: Everyone's ready to rock in the morning. Wake up an hour earlier or two hours earlier. Get your rocks off. Go have a good day.
0: (laughs) It sounds good when you say it like that. I hate the mornings. Why? Just the you general not a morning person? thing. No, I don't yeah. have time. I don't have time for the morning. You know.
1: But imagine if you started your day with sex, you'd become a morning person yeah. very quickly.
0: Maybe I'll try it. Maybe that's my homework for the week. Report back. I will. I'll let you know.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, on the topic of bad sex. Yes. What is the worst sex advice you have ever? come across. So it could be that someone's told this to you or that you've read it online or wherever.
1: Yeah. So th- this comes from a friend of mine that went to an all girls Catholic school mm. and just to trigger warning about rape and sexual assault. She got told in school that if someone was trying to sexually assault them, all they had to do was put their hand out and sing, stop, you're raping me. Get your hands away from me. And that would stop them.
0: no. I can't believe that. That was their advice. That's actually dangerous advice, right?
1: Yeah, it's I, so dangerous and also like so uneducated for anyone to give that advice to anyone ever, no matter what their age.
0: Okay, I feel like we should end it on a positive note. So okay. let's do a little quickfire round. What are your three favourite sex tips? The best of the best.
1: The best of the best. Number one, have sex in the morning, not at nighttime. Number two, massages are the best foreplay. You get to know their body and what they like, what they find arousing, and they get in the mood because you've touched them. And number three would be communication. Actually, they're not in the right order, but they're my top three.
0: So what are they in order then?
1: Well, I think communication should move to the top. So then it would be communication number one, massages are the best foreplay and sex in the morning.
0: So, mine is communication, even if it's hard, even if it makes you feel uncomfortable, makes You just got to do it. All the difference. Um my other one is lube on everything, lube all the time, every kind of lube for all the different purposes that
1: you need it for, even when you think you don't need it, you need it.
0: Exactly. And it just makes everything better. Like it's so mm. good. Three. sex is meant to be fun, so don't get too worked up about it. Enjoy it. Laugh if it goes bad.
1: It's just sex. You can do it again. That's the best thing. <laughs> yes. if, it's, if, it's, if it was bad, just do it again. Yeah, have another go. They won't mind. They'll love it actually. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Ready. thank you so, so much for joining us today. That was a great chat. I've learned a lot from you about how to have good sex.
1: I mean, if you've learned that from me, I feel sorry for you, but also I feel so blessed for being on the Electric Rodeo Podcast. Thank you for having me.
0: You've been listening to the Electric Rodeo Podcast for Adult Toy Megastore, produced by Sound Cartel. Follow Electric Rodeo free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And for more Sex and Relationships Explained... Follow at Electric Radio Podcast on Instagram.